This is an ABC podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, tyre fitters and baristas, dried fruit wholesalers and space researchers, Australian football codes have guided this great nation through its darkest hour. But now, with soul in the shorts, feeling in the feet and joy in the jumper, it's time to bump, it's time to thump, it's time to bludge. Footy mad Aussies, pull them up and pack them down for another blast of bludging on the blind side. With the master of midfield mayhem, rampaging Roy Slaven, and the man who never lets them get away, H.G. Nielsen. Hook another lucky trout, H.G. Yes, uh, TF much. Uh, Cedric has been sunk. I.O. torching the blind side blue paper once again, and that's the September fever. The winning craving and the outstanding, that's right, it's not a word I often use at the top of the show, the outstanding appetite for more success from the Sumpster camped in the bludging on the blindside soundproof cave at ABC Grandstand Olympic HQ. And happy Rugby League, Australian cave dwellers, and a very special welcome to our Father's Day edition of Bludging on the Blindside. Dad, if you want to go silly and cook a sponge tomorrow, for God's sake, get the tools out and get weaving. If you want to run up a skirt and wear it tomorrow night at some sort of fancy do with maybe a twin set and pearls, then for God's sake, it's your day. Do whatever you bloody well want to. That's how I see Father's Day. And uh, a very special Father's Day to Dennis Cometti, the former football caller, who is still calling, I think, the waffle in WA, who is now calling with his son, Mark. Yes, it'll be a very, very special Father's Day should they get in the box tomorrow with father and son calling the footy. Isn't that great? What a great what a great tradition to pass on the art of footy calling from one generation to the next. Uh, Mark obviously is almost as good as his dad. I don't think Dennis will mind me saying that. And in the future, we hope that Mark will get better than his dad. Uh, now, rugby league news, and this is straight out of the camp Broncos. I think I'm the only one who's got it. There's a suggestion that contract negotiations between the club and Superprop Payne Haas have broken down. Now, whispers reaching me too loud to ignore suggest that the best prop in the league has wanderlust and may be looking for greener pastures. I, let's face it, he's a half a horse. He needs plenty of food. The sticking points in the stable negotiations appear to be a better car parking space near the front door of the clubhouse and securing a hot chicken sponsorship for the sleeve. Oh, this is just the kiss-off that uh, Coach Kevy does not need at this stage, this tricky stage of the season. I mean, a lot of people forget that once the playing's over, the really serious work in a rugby league club begins. Speaking of top props, film maestro Russell Crowe has offered former rabbit action man Sam Burgess a key role in his current production, Poker Face. It's a story loosely based on Shane Warne's incredible winning, winning run on the green carpet with the eyeshade on. Sadly, the award-winning biopic... Poker Face has ceased production due to COVID considerations in the Kiama area. Uh, Russell says, though, on camera, Sam is an electrifying presence. And once he teams up with his brother, George, who is already an established big screen star, anything could happen. There is talk that the Fur Brothers uh, will re- uh, star in a remake of the Ned Kelly saga and will focus on the forgotten Kellys, Cecil and Cyril. Uh, NRLW News and the Love at First Flush star Danny Boyle wants to be a role model. And according to League Power Brokers, she has the ability to make a difference. That's exactly the sort of positive promotion season two of The Flush needs. Last week, uh, 
well, let's face it, Rabbitoh, Mitchell, comma, L full stop, does something very, very special and very, very rugby league. We'll probably talk about this later. You know, Trell Cobb is a mate who ends up in hospital with three plates in his head. That seems to have cemented the friendship. It was a thump that had everyone raving about the greatest game of all. And uh, certainly uh, it requires some examination under the microscope. And what about those eels snuffing out the record-breaking run of the storm with an exciting return to form with finals looming? Elsewhere, the Bulldogs dodge a bullet, but the sensational shutout record is still possible, still possible in a final clash for 2021, a final appearance by the Dogs against the Tigers and Morton Daly tomorrow afternoon. You may remember that Morton Daly is the ground with no video facilities and so a lot goes on unseen, unreported. Still with the league, foul house chief Trent Robinson in tr- is in trouble for calling the bunker, quote, an absolute farce and laughable. The bludge agrees with Trent's frank assessments, but ask blindsiders to remember that the bunker staff often have never seen a game of rugby league before turning up for work. They have no on-the-job training. They come to the challenging craft of league television, unable to operate the replay mechanism, and are all at sea when it comes to an understanding of the concept of slow motion. I mean, everything looks wrong when you slow it down, and the more you slow it down, the wronger it looks. What do you expect? I can't find it in my heart to blame the bunker staff for the chaotic reaction to every controversial incident in the game of rugby league. I blame Verlandes. Of course I do. He has to step in, step up and bang heads. I mean, I'd love to see him put a three, you know, person in a sin bin and, well, you know, with three plates in the head. I'd love to see him have a go. Well, he's got to blow the whistle and give himself 20 minutes in the bin to think about it. AFL and the kid did not disappoint, did he? I mean, he didn't have to do it. It was three-quarter time after all. He could go and have a, a chat with the coach. How am I going, coach? You're going, okay, kid. Got something special planned? Like five goals in the last quarter? No, I've got something else special planned. Wallop. Now, it was a dollop of Penn and Teller magic as far as I could see. Who Did he? Didn't he? Who knew? Penn and Teller, probably the only people on the planet who know. Uh, giant Toby Green saved his best to last in the qualifying final with a semi-final surprise bump on the ump. Something new in the kids' repertoire, something fresh for the AFL, something that keeps the finals publicity outrage machine Ticking over nicely. The murderer says the kid got off too lightly and wants to appeal the sentence. I'm not sure where this is at. Now, uh, I mean, obviously the Giants don't have to be bothered by the um, outcome of the tribunal. They could, um, you know, save it until February if they wanted to uh, because he'll be serving his time because the Giants lost last night to the big uh, team from G-Town and so he can sit on the bench and have a snooze for the rest of the, the coming months. But... I just don't know where it's at. Did they go ahead and appeal? I I lost sight of it in the uh, avalanche of other information. Elsewhere, AFL Supremo, Eddie Maguire is banned from uh, the AFL in AFL finals and the big one, the granny in WA, in an effort to protect the population of that state. And I understand entirely what Mark McGowan's up to. I mean, as Roy pointed out, that bloke's doing something right. I think he used the word outstanding and more than once. (laughs) I agree with that. Now, out of suburban fruit fly inspectors, tattoo freaks looking for ink in the off-season party planners, cave dwellers thinking of interior decoratings and sculptors working nude. Welcome to Bludging on the Blind Side. This is H.G. Nelson opening the dig for another set of seven. Why do we? Oh, I mean, I can't say it every week, but this really was an incredible week. A week went too much, but he's barely up. Netball! And in the 2021 big one, the Swifts show their class and put away the Giants in Brisbane. Tune! Giants 59, Swifts though. 63 big ones. Post two, do the celebrations go off? And no one parties like the neckball community. Roy and I were there. We had at the time of our lives. It was just fantastic. Rugby union and the coach of the uh, of the old fruit and nut. 
Uh, David Rennie has planned a Father's Day massacre in Perth when the All Blacks lob. I think they've already lobbed for the Bledisloe kickoff. I think it's 4 p.m. Eastern tomorrow uh, for the uh, the big one. And while we're talking Perth, can I just um, send a, a cheerio to Peter Bazasto, who's uh, one of the great AFL players, unsung, uh, played for Carlton for a couple of seasons and absolutely electrified the competition. This is going back in the early 80s. He's uh, in in trouble with his health and we wish him all the best. Now, motorsport, and it's easy to see why this bloke is on the, everybody's... Well, he doesn't get many Christmas cards, let's face it. I don't think he gets any Christmas cards. The Belgian Grand Prix, I mean, it says that all the flying V lobs on pole, orders the rain up, follows the pace car around for circuit for two laps and declared the winner. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. Uh, I mean, I don't know why they didn't call it off and say, well, we didn't, can't give any points for that because no one did any racing. As nearly as I can tell, that would have been a sensible thing to do. US uh, Open and a lovely display of what I've described elsewhere in media commitments as Aussie spirit. I put up 500,000 words last night uh, on my blog about Australian values uh, at, the, at the US Open. I think it's a, a story that yet to be teased out completely, but Nick Kyrgios at Flushing Meadow did us proud. I saw it as a human rights issue to ask tennis players to walk for their towels in that heat and humidity and then to lose in straight sets would drive anyone insane. Anyone insane. Any, you don't care how much mental health you've got. It'll drive you insane. Aussies fired up by the promise of Australia. Tremendous to have you with us as we prod forward through this solidly backed up stoolage of the week's sporting action. Remember to step up and have a go. And if you've had a go, get in the queue for another go. Then, for God's sake, queue again for another go. And remember, Diggs, when we get there, we'll know we're there because we're there. You won't have to scream, you know, are we there yet? No. And remember when we're there, one thing we'll know we're there is because all Australians will be able to go to funerals. Thanks very much, Soot. I was glad you cleared that up. I was desperately worried there for a minute. To get the blindside barge away from the wharf, let's lock horns with a man who this week was uh, seconded onto Bocog. He has a principal role in community involvement portfolio, uh, i.e. getting more of the community involved with the Olympic Games and the preparations for the Olympic Games. Now, in an effort to save costs blowing out, this man is asking for Queenslanders to step forward with ideas that it will take Brisbane 2032 to the world. Locked in already uh, to the action-packed Opening night card, the show and shine. If you've got a card that comes up uh, a treat under the chamois, for God's sake, get in touch. The cavalcade, obviously, of HQ Holdens that I mentioned elsewhere in media commitments. Cars are coming from afar away as Euclid in the bite and Rove on the Limestone Coast. Limestone Coast, uh, we're getting everything. Uh, utes, obviously, station wagons, sandmans, uh, just straight sedans. You know, the, the lot will be there. Our man on the panel is asking for the sculpting community to step forward, particularly those who are working in pineapple and coal. He has a dream to represent the 1992 Broncos flag-winning side with the heads done in pineapple. Imagine Julian O'Neill, Three Knees, Hancock, the Prune and Quince. Uh, that's Kevin and Kerrod Walters. Alfie, the Brick with Eyes, the Axe, Trevor Gilmister and Coach, the QT man of league, all realised in pineapple on one side of the avenue on Heroes, heading up to the Gather, Gabba. And on the other side, he wants the heads of personalities who have made Queensland great over the years carved out of coal. Imagine the bonces of Russ Hins, Peter Beattie, singer Sophie Monk, Clive Palmer, Joe Bajoki Peterson, Campbell Newman, Spud Dutton, Hit Machine Shepherd, and Big Georgie Christians and Bob Gatter, and the big A Anastasia carved from life-sized lumps of our best coal or the best coal the state has to offer. Magic. The man with a plan and gold in his mind is rampaging Roy Slavin. Oh, Roy, can we get the bludgeoning on the blind side, Bunny Emotion, simply by asking what highlights caught your restless eye this week? Fully sick, dude! Thank you very much, H.G. Uh, Nelson, and uh, happy Rugby League to yourself, H.G., and happy Rugby League Australia. Mm. Um, 
Okay, uh, you mentioned the Olympics, HG, and I'm glad you did. Uh, Jacques Rogg left us mm. uh, this week. Um, look, he replaced His Excellency Juan Antonio Samaraj, and did, uh, I mean, enormous boots to fill, but he filled them with a plum. He was uh, an outstanding uh, man at the tiller of the uh, the Olympic Games. Very uh, different style, though. Very different style. He mm. refused. Uh, you know, I, I spent a bit of time with him, as did you, and we got on very well with Jacques. Uh, I began by referring to him as, uh, as His Excellency, and he stopped me and he said, no, I don't want to be called Your Excellency. Just call me Jacques. And we did. And uh, we got on very well with him. Uh, he was a, a doctor. Uh, he represented as an Olympian. He played rugby. Um, could speak many languages. He could speak many, many languages. Mm. Uh, he was well Talking read. About, uh, very, very well read. He was geopolitically aware. That's a beautiful way of putting it. Um, and uh, I, I won't have a word spoken against him. And I don't think there has been many words spoken against him. I'm just disappointed that there haven't been more words spoken for him. Mm. Um, no one's referred to uh, his stamp collection, uh, his coin collection. Uh, we, we were privy to both. We, we saw some examples of his stamps. That his were succulents. Wonderful. His succulents. He loved, he loved his gardens. He loved gardening. And uh, he was just an all-round terrific bloke. Um, and uh, I, I think... Um, the Olympics should do something to, to not, I mean, I'm mindful of that wonderful uh, golden necklace that, um, that uh, his higher excellency, John Coates, was given uh, in 2000. I wonder if something like that could be struck for Jacques and given to his family. What a lovely idea. I think so. What a lovely idea. How about a rogue fanfare? Yes. Written by... Uh, How about a robe, a rog robe in gold? With ermine. With ermine, yes. On the collar. Yes, on the collar. With the chain. Right, but, you know, it, it's, it's not his style. No, I know, I know. You know, no, no. now I think about it, I, I, I think just just a robe in gold, okay, that's fine, and maybe a, a couple gold... A couple of pot plants? Uh, a golden scalpel. To open lettuce to, with. To open lettuce with. Yeah, well, that's a good idea. Yeah, that, that could be given to the family. But it has been an extraordinary week. HG. Uh, Nicola McDermott, you recall her, she might have got uh, silver or bronze mm. in the high jump. She High jumping sensation, mm. really, and has turned high jumping around, I think, in Australia. More people are talking high jump now than they have in a hell of a long time as a result of what she did during the Olympic Games. Those doors up everywhere. Those doors are happening everywhere. Yeah. And uh, Nicola McDermott, she's won the women's high jump at the Paris Diamond, uh, Isn't that a great Diamond League meet. And... Uh, I think she defeated uh, the person who won gold. <laughs> Weird, figure. isn't it? Her timing was just not One, quite right, just a couple of weeks out. out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This can happen, of course. I mean, these are finely tuned athletes. Um, now, in the Grand Prix in Belgium that she's been talking about, uh, which I thought was a terrific spectacle, uh, those two laps in the rain. The rain, rain was extraordinary. Was extraordinary. Just extraordinary. They, they, they couldn't keep going. I, I'm amazed that they were able to keep on the on the course for the two laps that they did. But Ricciardo came in fourth, uh, which is a terrific achievement for uh, Daniel, who's really starting to get the feel for the McLaren. It's been a while, but he's starting to get a feel for the brakes, uh, the accelerator and the steering. And essentially that's all you need. Once you've mastered those three aspects of the car, then... Judge yourself. You're laughing. You're laughing. 
now, uh, as you mentioned, the grub uh, censured for um, insolent and contemptuous behaviour. I thought it was. I thought it was around outrageous uh, the way he treated that umpire, uh, just bashed into him. Uh, it was a sort of get out of my way. It was. What but, are you doing Yeah, here? what are you doing here? Get out of my yeah. bloody way. Yeah. You, make, w- you make me sick. Exactly. Those. The, the, that was the contemptuous Look at your free nature kick of it. And you were asking whether the AFL were going to uh, appeal. Uh, challenge it, appeal it. They are. Yes. They are. Uh, I, I was trying to think of the last time we saw some connection with an umpire. It might have been uh, Basha Hooley. Wow. But that was accidental. Yeah, no. It well, was accidental. Yeah, uh, that might be know, true. He just the, the, flung his arm out and uh, there happened to be an ump there who caught it. No, you've got uh, two incidents confused. Yeah. The Basher Hooley uh, flinging the arm out yeah. con- connected with Jed Lamb, a Carlton player. Ah. Uh, I th- I'm not sure if Basher... Uh, Did, didn't Basher accidentally... That may be the case. Somebody will know. I think he did. I think he did accidentally. I think separate he got a couple, incidents. But he got a couple of weeks. Well, he certainly got a couple of weeks for the Got a couple Jed of weeks Lamb. for accidental... Handling of an umpire. Handling of an umpire, Yes. Yeah. Whereas this wasn't accidental. This was no. there was malice aforethought. Yeah, I, it I, was it, it was considered. I, he thought about it. I know. I just it, he had a plan. You know, at might have been what was it half time? Was it half three time, quarter time? Three quarter time. He had a plan. Yes, he there had a plan. There was the umpire. He, he he could have avoided him. He didn't. He went straight towards him. He wanted to engage him. He wanted to thump him. You know what worried me about it is why wasn't Mummy prepared to step in between them? He, yes, he could see I it know. brewing up for, for sure. minutes beforehand. Sure. Mumford should have defused it or one of the sure. bigger players should have got between them and said, now settle down, boys. Yeah. It's the game of footy, it's finals. Remember, yeah, the kids yeah, yeah, are watching. Yeah, 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 yeah. And are you worried mm-hmm. that the now that this has escaped with such a modest Yes. You know, fine. The kids in school across schools, Australia will be doing that already. Of course they are. Of course they are. Looking for umpires to, to thump them. Because I think that's what the thing—that's the thing to do. Makes you look tough. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It just brings opprobrium to the family and to the game, and that's not what we need in this time of crisis. And I tell you why it's a time of crisis because the AFL has an umpire crisis. Kids are not putting their hands up wanting to be umpires anymore. You alerted me to this. I couldn't I did. believe it. I did. I could not it's believe it. It's a real it. crisis. And we're going to find next year we're going to have trouble furnishing games, all games. We're going to have some umpires doing two or three matches a week. Inhuman. It is inhuman. And Matty Chechen's retiring from the yes. rugby league. Well, rugby league's a different matter because kids are putting their hands up wanting to be referees. I tell you why, because they the, want to be the, Matt Chechen. They want to be Matt Chechen types. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who wouldn't be? Yeah. I know. Terrific bloke. I know. Who could talk to Cam Smith like no one else. No one else could. I'm talking about the rugby league players, yeah, not yeah, the yeah, golf. Yeah, yeah. But we, we need some sort of national battle plan to get kids wanting to be AFL umpires. Targeted migration, Roy? It could be. You know, if it you want to come be. to Australia and be an AFL umpire, yes, there'd be You're a, welcome. Yeah. You know, all you have to You're do welcome. all you'd have to do is speak to Spud Dutton or whoever it is, and yes. then you come. Yep, yep. That's not a bad idea. I tell you what. I was thinking of, you know, some sort of carrots, like the offering of scratch lottos or something for oh, kids who, you know, things like that. Yeah. Kids would love that. Well, they, they do. Kids love scratching things. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Emma McKeon, our most successful Olympian ever, declares she has faster times ahead of her, and I agree. Uh, I've been, uh, she was contemplating retirement, I've told her not to. She's still got swims left in her. She's mm-hmm. still got speed left in her. And uh, I've advised her and her family 
Uh, I, got, I spoke to her parents who were very keen for her to keep going and uh, that message filtered through to her and she's very keen to keep going now. She wasn't at first but now she's back in the pool swimming more enthusiastically than ever and as I said to her, it's only three years and you'll be back in the pool uh, and getting out winning of the gold. pool winning gold mm -hmm. and that would be a marvellous thing. I think all Australians would love to see more of that. Now, you mentioned Nick Kyrgios. Look, he wasn't happy and at one stage he uh, threatened, he mentioned to the match referee that he thought about taking a dump on court. Now, I don't know where this is going to go, but if, if this is the future of Nick's act, and I suspect it might be, my fear is that it's going to become very popular, that people are going to tune in to watch this sort of thing. Um, Can I, I, I don't like it. I, I, I don't think we need it at tennis. I honestly don't. I think that's best left to some other sort of shows. Can I ask, there was an item, it was a match where a, a player, mm. I think it might be the Greek player, Sipsipas. Oh, Sipsipas, yes. yes. Well, he likes he, taking eight-minute toilet breaks if he loses a set. Well, what's he doing in there? What's he doing in there? Well, I know what he's doing in I know there. He's told us. And it's got nothing to do with a toilet, you'd be happy to know. He likes having a shower and putting on... Uh, new, fresh clothes before going back out. It, it says it reboots him, makes him feel a lot better. And he's allowed out eight minutes and it's the eight minutes that he takes every match and it's driving people berserk. That is mm -hmm. opponents who don't feel the need to go and get changed or anything like that and they're just left to cool their heels out middle of the, out in centre court uh, and they lose focus. And Sitsipas comes back and... Uh, wallops it, them. It wallops them, yeah. Now, can yeah. I come to this? I'm not opposed to... Uh, Nick Kyrgios doing whatever he likes, and but I think it needs to be contained. I think we've got to draw the line. Uh, contained. Contained, so, sure. Yeah. So what I'm most so if, well, okay. So he wants to take a dump on court. Well, what's the solution? We wheel on a portaloo. We wheel on a portaloo. Yeah. But he doesn't want a portaloo. He wants it part of the act. This is part of my act. I put my, my I put the balls down. I put the racket down. I drop my shorts. I sit down. There it is. Like it all up it. That's me. It's what I do. I play tennis and every now and again, yeah, I take a dump. Okay? Makes me human. Live with it. Well, it might have a future. Yeah, I know. It might. When you set it out like that, yeah. I can see what it yeah, is. Sure. You know. Sure. <clears throat> Uh, but it hasn't been. They call it flushing meadow. Flushing meadow. I know. I know. I know. I know. That, that's not lost on him. No. No. Obviously. <laughs> he thinks that's why it was called that. Yeah. Exactly. What am I doing wrong? wrong? Yeah. That's right. Look at the name of the court. Okay. It hasn't been a great U.S. Open. For the demon are the demons out. Millman's out. At least we'd have Ash Barty, who's in very good shape. Yeah. She'd but it hasn't been easy. What with the rain, some of these storms. People haven't seen rain like it. No. It is unbelievable what's going on in New York. I know that storm. That Ida, storm, yes. Ida just hit the hit flushing the, meadow. I know. Just as well it can handle that sort of load. <sighs> anyway, Ash Barty is uh, Still there. keeping focused, which is very difficult. And what about those Socceroos, eh? Three blood over China. Outstanding young Australians. Good. Uh, I, I think that's nine wins on the trot yes, it's for the incredible. Socceroos. Yeah. And uh, I think we're playing Vietnam next. Well, it's qualifying, qualifying. for the World yeah. Cup. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. going okay. But it's going okay. Yeah. 
I think we'll get into the World Cup. It's good. That's, it's that's great news for yes. people who love Aussies in Aussies in motion. Qatar. Yep, 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 yep. And uh, they've been great ambassadors too. No, we, we don't. We're not getting any stories. No weirdness. No. You know, no, no. hijinks. Mm-hmm. Nothing like that. Nothing. No look at me. You know, no going into public toilets and being untoward. Nothing like that. No, 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 no. no. These are just decent, honest, law-abiding ambassadors for their sport and ambassadors for their country, and we're very proud of them, and I've let them know that individually. Uh, now, a wonderful week for the greatest game of all, of course. Uh, before I get to the greatest game of all, of course, I should point out that uh, our former Defence Minister, Christopher Pine, has called for Adelaide Oval, the Adelaide Oval scoreboard, to be removed and replaced by what he's calling a great northern stand. Yeah, I don't like this. Well, what do we do with that uh, Adelaide Oval old bloody scoreboard? scoreboard? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is dated. It does. Oh. It does look like something from the nineteenth century, doesn't it? And because it is. Now, I'm suggesting, and I, I might have mentioned to you this, this to you just quietly the other mm-hmm. day. That I, I think it'd look good at Adelaide Airport beside the old planes they've got there. It'd be a real talking point, wouldn't it? Kids would come. Kids would come. And uh, you'd have that lovely big northern stand, uh, something modern. You know, the Adelaide Oval does look a little bit dated, doesn't it? A little bit try hard. You know, that chapel stand with the funny canvas and all that sort of stuff. It's not right. It's, it's not very modern. I mean,. The, I, I think uh, former Minister Pine is concerned that the uh, AFL grand final wasn't going to be played at Adelaide because of that reason and it's gone to Perth. Crowd capacity. Crowd capacity, mm-hmm. yes. In that great northern stand, mm-hmm. he reckons you can get an extra 120,000 people there, which is quite a that big number. That is a hell of a That's stand. That's a hell of a stand. Hell of a stand. And now, you've got to remember, this bloke thinks big. You've got to think submarines. Submarines, rest your case. Great idea with the yeah. submarine. I think we're getting, I don't know, 50, is that 50. it? 50. In about 500 years' time, something like so. that, but they're going to be great. French built. French I think they're going to be built here, aren't they? In Adelaide. In Adelaide, yeah. That's right. And the price is going up and up and up. I know. They're more valuable they're than gold. They're not cheap. Of course, that's what people forget. They're not cheap. I mean, a submarine, think about it. Think about what it's got to do. Stay in the water. Keep people alive. You know, have missiles on it, that sort of stuff. A periscope, that's got to work. You Make know, those noises. When, when you put the All of that, all of that's got to work. I tell you Has what. he got any track record in designing no, things? No, he's got no track record. In so he's, just, he's just an ideas man. Shooting the breeze. Shooting the breeze. But yeah. I tell you what, I tell you what, in that great big bloody northern stand, one of those submarines wouldn't look bad in the bottom, something people talk about Certainly when they're queuing would. up for their coffee. Look at that. Yeah, it's a submarine. I'm it's in a, a submarine. submarine. Yes. Yeah. Now, can I ask about a big screen? Last week I think you broke the Oh, story. the biggest screen in the world is yeah, happening big, at, at, at Homebush. Yeah. Now, would they be in the market for a big screen in Adelaide? Of course they would, in that big northern stand yeah. with a big screen and the submarine. Man. And people going out to the airport to have a look at the old scoreboard. They couldn't keep them away. Couldn't, couldn't keep people happy. So much there. to do. What are we going to do? Father's Day, let's go out to the airport and have a look at the scoreboard. Oh, Dad, that's great. Look at that. Chapelle six. Hmm. Now, wonderful week for the greatest game of all. You've mentioned the uh, brain snap from Luttrell. Mm-hmm. Well, we might have to uh, unpack that a little bit later. Yeah. 
And uh, East's Trent Robinson, I mean, fine, 40 grand. What, for telling the truth? I mean, rugby league's come to this. Well, that's come to di- this, you can't speak the truth anymore with rugby league. Back in the day, rugby league stood for truth. You know, people were encouraged to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Not under this bloke Landers. It's changed, hasn't it? It has changed. Completely changed. It's now a fiction. It's now a fiction being written in his head, in his own image. The own image of feathers. It's all about me, me, me. No criticism whatsoever, $40,000. $40,000 for telling the truth. Now, this is the second time I think this season we've gone into bat for Trent Robertson. We have. Because he, he tells the truth. Thanks. Tells it as it is. I mean, I mean, he, does, he doesn't uh, massage the reality. Lead. No. It's not his go. No, it's not his go. It's not his go to massage reality. He tells it as it is. Uh, now, Gus's clean-out of the Bulldogs has begun. Twelve players... Um, have been axed already. I'm just wondering, and I raised this with you the other day, HG, um, what happened to the uh, Gus Gould St George report? Well, I think this is an excellent question. Well, I don't know where it is. It's like the, the Gadgens. Is it the Gadgens report into what, who ha- knew what, what in, when? in the Prime Minister's mm. office? Mm. And uh, how? Vis-a-vis, you know, certain... Brittany Higgins. Um, yes, unsavoury <coughs> matters. Nighttime happened. matters? Yes, yes, yes. I would have thought the Gadgens inquiry could have been done in about 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, you just get the uh, group together. How, not how many, many people them. work at the PM's office? Let's say there are 20. All right. Uh, who knew? Hand up. All right. Hands down. Thanks. Uh, leave your names here. Oh, no, you don't have to. I know your names. PM, this is it. There were three who knew. I mean, you could do it in 30 seconds, couldn't you? I know. This has been months. I know. Months and months we've been waiting for this report. Likewise, the in the probe into St George. Yes. Which seemed to start about last year sometime. It did. It might have been before. Oh, yeah. What might have been before. What happened to that report? The Gould report. The Gould report. And were the Gould recommendations put into, if they were, watch out Canterbury. Anyway. And is a clean out a good idea? No, oh, I suppose every now and then you've got to have a clean out, you know. I often say, you know, it's like I was talking to Nick Kyrgios about this the other day. You know, sometimes when you're working to walk into a public toilet and someone hasn't flushed and they've been, mm. you've just got to clean it out. Uh, now, the Palaszczuk government honours rugby league class A citizenship rights, and quite rightly too. I think about a bit over 100 staff and friends. Families. And families are allowed to uh, just fly in and uh, enjoy the... Rugby league grand finals, they should be. They're class A citizens. Uh, I mean, I, I know there are a lot of people who... Uh, were shocked. Yes, a lot of people were shocked. They're, those who uh, wanted to go and, you know, visit relatives and that sort of thing. Uh, attend funerals. And, attend funerals, that sort, that sort of stuff. Personal things. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot, a lot of people were had their noses put out of joint. But, you know, as I say to these people, uh, <laughs> why don't you get yourself a rugby league passport? That's all you need. Just join a club, yeah, you know, or get involved with the administra- administration of rugby league. And honestly, uh, I mean, you've got doors your, are open. You've got your double vax passport, mm-hmm. but it's, I think it's trumped by the rugby league passport, and that's the way it should be. Make of that what you will. I am the mother of a rugby league player, and I am proud of the rugby league values he displays week in, week out, on and off the paddock. This is bludging on the blind side. Yes, uh, Roy, uh, I know we've got to tackle uh, Trell and, uh, you know, 
obviously money. But first up, we need to talk about the, uh, well, the Lachlan Lewis probe. Uh, this is an attempt to sell an NRL sound bar. <laughs> uh, this is the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldog yeah, halfback. Bulldog, yeah. Mm-hmm. This attempt to sell this sound bar was only foiled when Bulldog's official followed him, this is the criminal, into the hotel car park and caught the player red-handed as he was about to hand on <laughs> You know, people think we make this stuff up. We can't now, can make we, this can up. Can we establish the facts here, HG? Well, I'm just trying to. Where did to... the sound bar come from? Okay, the NRL made available some mm-hmm. new still-in-their-boxes sound bars mm-hmm. to all teams as a way. Oh, in lockdown. In lockdown, so yeah. they could play some music, maybe some you know, dub Lee Scratch Perry style or even, right. you know, Love Will Tear Us Apart or some, you know, new yep. newer vibes, newer was sounds. Was it a sound bar that you would attach to a television set? I assume or would, so. Yeah, right. You know. Because some of those television sets don't have very good sound. No, no. So you, you get the sound bar and suddenly you've, you've, you've got real you've good got sound. Re- really good sound, yeah. You know, they're a useful thing if you like that sort of thing. I don't have sound bar technology at my place but no. that's just me. Yep. Uh, you know, obviously the yeah. horses sound pretty good on my television and rugby league sounds pretty good on my television. Now, uh, this so, was... Okay, so these we're, were over given the border. The... Yeah. We see all these things coming out from NRL headquarters. We look at them. We're rugby league plays soundbar. We've got an idea what it is, mm. as you do, adequately described, put it in front of the TV, hook it up, and we get great sound. Yeah. But... It's probably Wi-Fi. Would it be Wi-Fi to the TV? Oh, or... good question. I assume they probably. are. It'd be Bluetoothed. Oh, you got to <laughs> no leads patched in. Oh, okay, leads. I made that up. All oh, right, I may be entirely wrong. Okay, so so there was a sound bar in a box with leads. Is That'll that it? Do. That'll do. Okay. Now, what what the difficulty is is that uh, <clears throat> minds in lockdown have time to think. Yeah. Rugby league minds have time to think of stupid things to do, plot and plan and plot and plan. That's right. Yeah, you've said it. In a nutshell. Anyway, so we've got the idea, the sound bar's under the arm. <clears throat> uh, Lachlan Lewis is heading out to meet a, you know, hook up out in the car park because they've already established through, I assume, one of the trading apps like yeah. eBay right. that there's a demand for sound bars in the area that they're in and ah. they've got a good price. I mean, Lachlan Lewis didn't pay anything for it in the first place. No, okay. Obviously. So was the sound bar delivered to his room? It was by the well into an area where he was had access. To had it. access. Okay. Remember here are the sound bars, boys. If you need a sound bar, if you're having trouble with your telly, if you're having trouble not hearing your music very well, take the sound bar up into your room and uh, connect it. The the leads are in the box. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> that that now, was it. I think that's right. And he thinks, well, I don't really need one. No, I, I don't need it in my room. I can hear the TV. Yeah. But I think maybe more using common areas, you know, like at the, I'm not sure exactly, a lounge at the end of the corridor oh, yeah. might have a TV in it and the right. team gathers around and, yep. you know, here's a TV, okay, and think, oh, soundbar, we don't need one. Yep. We can sell it. Now, <clears throat> so, mm-hmm. middle of the night, you get the scene. Yes. Rugby league players all asleep except one. Up he gets, puts the hoodie on, yes. tucks the soundbar under the arm mm. and staggers out. Still in its box. Still in its box with the leads. With the leads. <laughs> <laughs> now goes into the car park. He goes into the p- car park. Mm. He's followed tiptoe out style yeah. by obviously somebody who knows rugby league crime mm. and think that anything's not that's not nailed down <laughs> is fair game to disappear. Yeah, right. Now, sadly, these 
sound bars don't have any mounting attachments. I mean, they should have got the ones that you screw down. Sure. Would have slowed them up. Sure, sure, sure. I'm not saying it wouldn't or have Or maybe happened. he noticed that I don't know how many sound bars were delivered in their boxes, but he might have noticed, oh, God, a few of those sound bars have disappeared. I wonder what's going on here. Exactly. Yeah, I right. reckon it wasn't the first one out of the building. No, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Now, so the official unnamed, uh, mm. open brackets, Gould, comma, G full stop, <laughs> followed him into the hotel car park. Remember, Gould's attached to the dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And caught the player red-handed as he was about to hand over the unused equipment to a courier. To a courier, yeah. In right. one of the most bizarre incidents. Now, this is this is where it bends it a little bit. In, yeah. This is described. This is the report. In one of the most bizarre incidents of the year. Yeah. Well, hang on a minute. <laughs> it's been a year yeah, of non-stop a, bizarro sure. incidents. The off-contract half risks having the remaining two months of your contract torn up by the club over an elaborate week-long plot to sell the system online. Week long. Took them a week. Now, according yeah. to sources familiar with the situation, yeah. not sure how many there are, but obviously I, I'd suggest about 17, <laughs> uh, Lewis was wearing a hood, hoodie when he snuck out. He was wearing his Volio Cs. Mm. Uh, he entered the communal area at the Gold Coast accommodation, taking the sound bar mm. with the lead still in its packaging. <laughs> he had listed it under an own personal eBay account for sale for six hundred and fifty. Now 650? I've, got, oh. I've got no idea what sound bar. That so, so, sounds to me a bit exy. Does doesn't it? it uh, for a, but rugby league would want first class quality with their sound bars if they were providing them for the bulldogs, wouldn't they? I suppose so. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, and I've got no. I idea. don't know what you pay for a sound bar well, normally. Well, exactly. I but, don't. But pay you'd that imagine either. on eBay, you, you'd imagine. Oh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm getting it second hand, so yeah, maybe two fifty. Yeah. I mean, people will know. What's people a sound bar but, going But he for? got six fifty for it. I know. He got top whack. He got top whack, yeah. I, I suspect he let on that he was coming straight from Bulldog HQ. All right, okay. So yeah, six fifty yeah. uh, be, or best offer in early August. The listing had a photo similar to the equipment he planned to sell. The NRL had also given NS, NSW-based clubs, which relocated to Queensland during the COVID uh, outbreak, entertainment and electrical equipment to use while in quarantine. Fair enough. Yeah, good. Now, it was only when the Bulldogs were undergoing a, undergoing a stock take of their gear to oh, prepare yeah. for the end of the season, three weeks after Lewis had made the eBay listing, did the club officials realise the soundbar was missing? Right. Hotel CCTV footage then obtained the Lewis uh, of Lewis taking mm. the system. His attempt to sell it was only blocked when a suspicious bulldog official followed Lewis to the short distance car park yep. in the hotel where he had organised to meet a courier who was charged with delivering it to a Queensland buyer. When asked by an official what he was doing... Mm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Always, always <laughs> a leading question when it comes to rugby league. Yeah. Hey, uh, he, Lewis was found to have told the courier the speaker system wasn't meant to be delivered that day. I don't know how that helps the case. <laughs> the Bulldogs then reported the incident to the NRL Integrity Unit. Oh, oh no. no. There's a mistake. Why couldn't this have been kept in house? Exactly. Listen, mate, take that bloody thing back. back. Yeah, go on. Just stop put it where you found it. <laughs> Who heard uh, from an unap- uh, from an apologetic Lewis that it was a joke gone wrong? A joke. Yeah, he since refunded what, the joke? money. What? What? There was no sound bar in it, so when the person it got it, there was, was just the leads. Just the leads. <laughs> <laughs> what a joke! He he has since refunded the money to the eBay buyer. This is Lachlan Lewis, yeah. and will be required to meet NRL Chief Executive Andrew Abdo. Right. Whoa. One on one with Abdo. <laughs> Lewis is in the final weeks of a deal worth more than 400000 per year with Wooden Spoon as he's struggling to save his inaugural career. Now, right. 400000 <clears> it's only got 650 for this. It's a big... Yeah, seems... Big step down. Yeah, it does. Something wrong with it. Something wrong with it, isn't it? Yeah. Unless we... Um, 
maybe Unless, maybe it was you know the, the do you maybe reckon, it was something like a Bung and Olufsen soundbar. Oh, a really because yeah, there, there were thousands. Yeah, what I was going to say was, do you think this is a fit up to get rid of the kid? Maybe you know, Gould would be up to all those sort of tricks, wouldn't he? Oh, I suppose. I suppose. Well, you know, he knows rugby league players. He, he knows no, rugby league. He knows what's possible. He knows what's possible. How yeah. devious they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it makes you wonder, what, what has anything else gone missing around Bulldog HQ? Well, not that you, I know of, but I'm telling you what. Because we've been to that club. We have. We have. And big rooms. Big rooms. I mean, yeah. that, that we were in the chairman's room oh, I think for we a were. while with, mm. with uh, Chang and Langlands mm. from memory. Mm. Um and the, the dining table looked great, or the boardroom table and the chairs. There was, wasn't a bad sound system in there either, and there was a bar and a bar fridge. What I like is the idea that they'd already established a market and a value price for the, this is Lachlan Lewis, yeah. for the item, mm-hmm. as though he had experience in this area. Yeah. So that wouldn't surprise that the table, which is now no longer there. <laughs> right. I was going to ask whether a few things had disappeared around the place. I mean, I'm not just... You know, you know, We're just league. surmising, really. We're just surmising. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I think it's a baffling case and it would, I would hate to think that, um, you know, Lachlan Lewis wasn't able to find a good club to go to. Yes. Because uh, let's face it, this is in rugby league crime. Well, fairly, he's resourceful. For a resourceful And person. for clubs looking for a resourceful exactly. halfback mm-hmm. who can think outside the box. Get it? Yes. Leads yeah, in the box. Know, leads in the box, who, who knows how to leave the leads. <laughs> You know, when to open the box and when not to. And what was good was How to dress if you're going to exactly go hoodie. undercover. He didn't put a shirt on with number seven no, on the back. No, he didn't. He wasn't stupid. <laughs> and his big, his big mistake was not noticing the person tiptoeing behind yes, him. Yes, he didn't think to look around. Would you love to see Russell Crowe make it into a film? Yes, I would. <laughs> with Russell Crowe being the, the person who taps him under the shoulder, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Hey, Lewis, what are you doing in the car park? Who's that? What's that courier doing there? <laughs> what a great scene. Oh, no, the courier wasn't meant for today. No, uh, you, <laughs> courier, you go. <laughs> Space. It's the final frontier, and Australia is on its way to Saturn in the Jedinac Orbiter. Once we stop bludging on the blind side. I just had to let it play out. Yes, bludge on, blindsiders. And if you want to be part of the show, uh, 0467920222. That's 0467920222. Or the old style way, RoyNHG at abc.net.au. RoyNHG at abc.net.au. And, Roy, the following have. Yes, they have. Was that thus spake? I think, I think it was. I think it was from the planet. From the planet. Yes, yeah, that's right. I mean, I'd love to play it again. It's but stirring, isn't it? It's stirring, incredible. 
It, I, I, stirring, very you stirring. Know, Much more stirring than the ABBA song was. Yes, yes, and and survived the test of time yes. in a way that I don't think the ABBA song will. That's, That's right. just me. Yeah. But on the other hand, wouldn't it be great mm-hmm. when we get to, I think uh, people in New South Wales are getting picnic day Monday week. That's right, five it, people. <laughs> wouldn't it be great To if, have that played. Exactly. I was just thinking 10 o'clock, let's say the picnics are available yeah. Well, it's possible to have the picnics after 10am. At 10am, they played that across the city. Yes. Wouldn't it be great? It would It be needs great. something like it that. It does. Off you go. Uh, now, Patrick's in, uh, been in touch. Uh, he says, in light of the mass gathering restrictions in New South Wales and the likelihood National Rugby League Day will need to be postponed till December, I wonder if we could hold it on Christmas Eve, he's suggesting, National Rugby League Day. What a great idea. It is a good I hadn't idea, thought of this. Nor me. Instead of the annual Christmas carols event, a National Rugby League Ornaments Christmas Festival <laughs> could be held at the Olympic Stadium in Sydney. A festival I like. Um, all family members and friends of all rugby league ornaments would be invited and each would be given a specially handmade Christmas ornament in the shape of their related rugby league player ornament. A very large pine tree, perhaps 100 metres tall, would be procured and erected in the middle of the ground. One by one, each of the family members would be called upon by Carl Stefanovic to walk onto the ground and up the Christmas tree and place their ornament on the tree. What a lovely idea. That's right. Ladders, cherry pickers and cranes would be provided to ensure each of the thousands of ornaments are able to be placed on the tree. A special worldwide rugby league community vote will be taken in advance to determine which of the thousands of rugby league ornaments would be chosen as the angel of rugby league and placed on the very top tree by a helicopter? Well, they thought it through, haven't they, that person? This is Patrick. He's thought of this himself. Has he? Yep. Isn't that great? It's It's an excellent idea. Elements of European sort of Christmas festivities. Yes, yes. No, no, it's excellent. So people could argue whether it should be uh, an ornament of Changalanglands that sits on the top. Or or Wally Lewis. Wally Lewis. Wally Prigg. Oh, yeah, or Terry Hill. Terry Hill. Tease and Terry. Yeah, the far side of the hill. Yes. Lobster man. Lobster guy. James says, uh, following on last week's discussion about getting doors in parks. Yes. Going back a bit. Yes. I would like to contribute an idea to help bolster our nation's Olympic high jumping crisis. Mm-hmm. I thought we'd come out of the crisis. I thought the McDermott kitty had, was leading us out. But anyway... He says, as simple as the following, uh, it's as simple as the following four points. One, each local, local government jurisdiction in Australia should compel honer, homeowners to make available at least one internal door for installation in a local park. This door could be one that is infrequently used, such as a pantry or linen cupboard door. Oh, that's an excellent choice. Two, yeah. remove the door and strip it all of hinges, knobs, door stops. Arras the edges, etc., to make it jump safe. Mm-hmm. Jump safe, very good. Place the door on the footpath by a predetermined date for curbside collection. Yeah, good. Place a small flag with Olympic rings and kangaroo depicted on it at the front fence line to indicate the household has made a door available and supports Olympic high jumping. The doors can then be collected and distributed to local parks for installation. Yes. For low-budget local governments, flop mats could also be gifted from households. Households with a spare bedroom could make available the spare mattress in that room, package it up with the the door and lay it on the footpath for collection. 
This would be this would supplement the expense of flop mat installations. Sad it's come to this, but Australians love watching our athletes win gold, so it's up to Australians to make this happen. Isn't that great? God, he's thought through it every angle. Every possible. angle. Yes, and is the local council charged with picking up the doors and mattresses? It is. They'd have a truck that that would be available. Yes. It's not like, uh, I think in the past, you could get rid of mattresses by paying somebody 25 bucks to come to your house to take them away. Oh, yeah. It's always difficult with mattress, isn't it? Yeah, I know. It's hard to know what to do with it. It's hard to know what to do with it. They Um, do recycle them, though, apparently. You take the stuffing out and put them in boxing bags and all that sort of stuff. What about about those with unsightly stains, HG? What happens to those? Well, I think there is a limit And that's not uncommon. No, that's true. But I think once you kind of uh, deconstruct it. See, I don't want to see a stainer as a flop mat. I think there'd be health and safety issues. No, there would be health and safety issues. That's right. That's right. Wouldn't there? So you'd have to cover it maybe in some sort of... Oh. Well, that's possible. Olympic flag. Yes. Uh, Now, Dave's in touch. He said, I write regarding your reference last week to rugby league ornaments. Mm -hmm. You mentioned Bronco de Jura, ornament of Souths and Wests. We did. Uh It led me to the Google search ornament rabbit hole, which uncovered pristine footy cards of the following ornaments. Bronco de Jura, Joe Vitanza of Penrith and then to the Gold Coast Giants, Sam Stewart. Um, notably, these players' names are misspelt on their official footy cards. He notes that Bronco is spelt B-R-O-N-C-O rather than B-R-O-N-K-O. Mm-hmm. Vitanza is Vatanza and Sam is Stan. <laughs> this wrong must be righted. He calls upon the man of feathers to issue a national, a national apology. To these parts, right. to these ornaments. Right. Isn't that, isn't that weird that they're ornament enough to have a footy card but yeah. not ornament enough for the correct spelling? For the be, correct spelling, To exactly. be known yes. or understood. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Well, that's a sad state of uh, affairs. More importantly, this search led to, to the most prized of footy cards, that is of Robert the Truck Simpkins. The eye of the truck, yeah. A uh, hooker for East for many years. Yes. Mid-80s, I'd say. Yes. Um, now, his uh, card is available on eBay for only $2.95. It's being sold by someone associated with the uh, Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs, by the looks. <laughs> He's got a soundbar <laughs> He's to got throw a in. <laughs> throw in, exactly. <laughs> um, hmm. I don't know if Robert the Truck Simpkins was an ornament. Would he be an ornament? Well, this is a discussion. Or a journeyman. Point. Look, what is it, I, I mean, I, I don't know if he was an ornament. You know the thing about the I truck. I mean, you can argue it. I suppose if we... the the truck. Um, well, one thing about the truck is he's mm. he gave the concept of a nickname. Yes. Authority. He did. Uh, so you got Trevor the Axe Gilmeister. Yes. Uh, you know, and yeah. on and on it goes. I suppose he was an ornament. I, I think he played quite a lot of matches. Yeah. He's, he's, Generally speaking, ornaments are supposed to be blokes who have never been sent off. I think. That's a good deal. I'm sure you're getting into an argument about that, yeah. but I'll take your point. That's a starting point. Yeah. And within yeah. that is the subset of uh, monuments to humanity. No, no, I understand that. That goes without saying. You There's have to be an ornament. The, the crow. Yeah. But He's the, the only one at this stage. Never right. said, Never sent off. That's right. Now, can I ask? Never threw a punch. How often are, are players sent oh, Sorry, but this is the wrong way to phrase it. Yeah. Is being sent off a common thing in rugby league? Oh, yeah. Well, sin-binned. Sin-binned. Sin-binned, yeah. yeah. See, I think if you're sin-binned... You're uh, playing well. Yeah, but you lose your ornament status. Okay. 
I think. Well, I think it's a discussion point. Yeah, it is a discussion point. Mm. Uh, Michael from Maroubra. Uh, I'd like to raise the possibility of the man of feathers creating an NRL police squad well, made up of former NRL players, referees and coaches that were serving police officers back in the day when players held employment as well as being a rugby league player or referee. Given recently highly reported COVID breaches and very soon with Mad Monday calling upon us, the NRL cannot afford any more of this nonsense. Uh, former police include Wayne Bennett, Bill Harrigan, Paul Simpkins, not Robert the Truck Simpkins, uh, Mal Meninga, Paul Sirinan, Charlie Saab, Sean Garlick, the pie man, Phil Daly, Mark Bugden, Craig Izzard, Pat Jarvis, Jughead Jones, Neville Glover, Rod Silver, Mitch Newton, Paul Hoff, Mal Cochrane, Constable Fat Albert, Craig Young, and Glenn Morrison, just to name a few. They're ex-coppers. And there's a special category, apprentice police, John Elias. John Elias, yes. <laughs> He's no stranger to the uniform. <laughs> no stranger to the uniform. You'd have to now, say. Now, but we've been calling for this for years. For years. I know. For years. I know. And special jails to put all the crimson. <clears throat> That's in. right. That's right. A dedicated rugby league police force. Mm. Oh, no, no. We thought in yes. Fat Albert Young's day that it was going to come. Yes. Because Fat Albert... Well, in you his... could smell it. We're yeah, so close. Could, oh, yeah, exactly. You could smell crime. Well, he yeah. solved a missing football. He Remember, did. it's in George. He did. He, did. he knew had, who had him. Yes. That was after the match against... Canterbury Bankstown, from memory. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. And the ghetto blaster, the club ghetto blaster. That, that's right. Listen. That's right. And all that uh, copper wiring disappeared copper wiring. from the yeah the roof, the Taj Mahal. <laughs> yeah, Taj yeah, Mahal. and the copper guttering. Yeah. Mm. Um, now Nicholas has been in touch. I texted in last week with my nominations for ornaments yeah. of the greatest game. I started with Noel Crusher-Cleal, then Graham Wanbay, Terry Randall, Max Grillich. HG thought I was too manly-centric. So I texted in Bunny Riley, Ian Schubert and Ra- Russell Fairfax. Well, fair enough. I th- did think, <coughs> and I don't resile. Are you not resiling? Yeah, I'm no, not resiling. No one's expecting you to resile. Why would you? You haven't done anything wrong. Thanks. Just being honest. Mm. Uh, but that got me thinking of how many ornaments there are. For example... What about all the brothers who uh, have not been ornaments? Uh, you mentioned Apposite and Toga last yeah. week. For example, Curtin Dane to Sorensen. Mm-hmm. Mortimers. Or, or, ornaments. Yeah. Uh, Gary, Graham and Mark Hughes. Yeah. Uh, what ornaments? What about father and son ornaments? Steve and Matt Rogers. Mm-hmm. Or Ciro and son Ciro. Ciro and son Ciro, who might be going yeah. off to play overseas. overseas Super League, week, I think. Yeah. Catalans. Yeah. Then I was watching a game on the weekend and the commentators, can't recall who, was saying how smart a player such and such was, and they were saying he used to be a school teacher. Then they were saying that Des Hasler was a school teacher. He still is, I think. What about school teachers who have been ornaments? I thought of Dennis Fitzgerald and John Gray. John Gray taught at North Sydney Morris Brothers. The boys loved him. He used to take the first rugby league team. The boys always knew that when North's lost, which was pretty well often, <laughs> they were in for a tough training session because he used to join in and work them hard. But how good must that have been to have been to have been tackled by a true rugby league ornament? Or doctors who've been ornaments. And I thought Dr. George Paponis. Yes. What an ornament. Mm-hmm. Got me thinking about uh, how how do I feel sorry for the kids of today who don't get to be taught or treated by rugby league ornaments like it was back in the day when rugby league players were also ordinary members of society. To me, they're a bit like the parable of the yeast making the bread rise and all of us rise with them. 
Wow, the parable of the yeast. I didn't know the parable <laughs> no, of the yeast, but I like it. I'm not encountered. I mean, I'm not religious at all. No, but, nor uh, am I, but it sounds like that could be Nicholas's own invention. Yes. I like the parable of the yeast. Yes, the parable of the soundbar. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Leave the lids in the box. But there is an element of truth there. That, no, you know, no, that I agree. Every now and again, I agree. You could be out and, you know, you might uh, you, you might get uh, busted for speeding. Yeah. And all of a sudden, who looms at the door, uh, at the window, Charlie the Saab. car windows? Charlie, you know, Officer Saab. Mm. You think, mm. oh, Charlie, you know, love the way you love your mm. work, mate. Mm. You playing this weekend? Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Your step. How's your step going? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Who's your most hated player? Yeah, and often if you recognise them, they let you off. <laughs> you know? Love that. Now... This is from Tony. He says, uh, your questioning last week of why there hasn't been more Drakes in rugby league over the years triggered a few thoughts about multi-generational rugby league families and future opportunities. As you point out in the program, Lindsay Drake was a rugged block forward for St George. Uh, the same golden period at St George did actually lead to quite a few multi-generational first-grade rugby league Oh, players. that's interesting. From the 1979 grand final, we had Craig Young, Sundean, Steve Morris, Twins, Britain, Josh. Who had just retired. I think yes. the other one retired this week. That's right. And, Moss. and Ted Goodwin, Lund, uh, sons Luke, Bronx and Bryson. Albert. I had no idea they related to Lord yeah, Ted. Yeah, Lord Ted. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Albert, Slippery mm. and Lord Ted are ornaments of the game, yes, uh, and there is a case that their sons too may join this list in time. Mm-hmm. Clearly there's something very special and unique about the rugby league DNA running through these families. Oh, no, no, no. That's how you learn rugby league, around the kitchen table. You know, sit down the chairs, get a scrum going, you know, all that sort of stuff. That's That's where you you pick up skill. You do. I could not therefore believe the brouhaha that erupted when details of the so-called toilet tryst between the bulldog Adam Elliott and the Broncos' Millie Boyle emerged. While this incident only involved an innocent kiss, can you imagine the freakish kind of rugby league talent that could emerge, such a rendezvous lead to Adam and Millie having children together in the future? Oh, uh, would be incredible. This type of coming together of <coughs> such quality rugby league pedigree would surely lead to distilling rugby league DNA to a very pure form. There's a lot to be said for that, isn't it? You know, I mentioned, uh, I think, at the top of the show, Dennis and Mark Tometi calling the football. Yes. You know, Mark said he listened to his dad <clears throat> as a kid. Yeah, I, was, he would have done. Yeah, obviously, and he said he didn't... You know, his pick dad... up your dirty washing. Yeah. That sort of stuff. <laughs> Don't leave your clothes there. Yeah. Put them away. Yeah. And now, you know, yeah. it's North Melbourne and Collingwood. <laughs> mm. Yes. So uh, that's uh, the, the, the argument of uh, ornaments and monuments and uh, legends and... Heroes and immortals goes on. It goes on. What sport single handedly turned Gallipoli from a loss into a win? Rugby League. Celebrated here on Bludging on the Blind Side. Now, we come to Latrell and Joey Manu. Yeah. Uh, now, Let's start with uh, some quotes from various people connected with Rugby League. Paul Gallen said of the incident, and let's face it, I'm assuming everybody's made and informed an opinion about this, about whether it's right or wrong, yeah. uh, and whether the jo- tribunal got it correct or whatever it is, and everybody's seen the incident. Mm-hmm. Paul Gallen says, I don't think it was intentional. I think it was careless. I think he was extremely aggressive. This is obviously Trell. But at the end of the day, that's what Rugby League is. 
Very sobering yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, Phil Gould chimed in. Everyone who's played the game, particularly at this level, would understand what happened at the collision. I agree with Gal. Yeah. Uh, the blokes play the game. Uh, who play the game probably understand it. Not every uh, thing goes to plan. Yeah. Sometimes when you watch it in in replay or slow motion, it looks so horrible. But it's just a fraction of a second getting between between getting a tackle right and a tackle wrong. Yes. Uh, then Goody again. Yeah. Uh, that was the tone of the whole game. It was so competitive and so fierce. Don't tell me that you weren't gripping the, the edge of your seat at everything that happened here tonight. We got a blowout in the scoreline. We loved the context because of the physicality and uh, how they went at each other. Mm. Gould again. Latrell was going, to, uh, doing what fullbacks do. Mm. And there'll be people who uh, never played the game or never been in a position who don't understand that. Yeah. We do and they don't. Yeah. It's an odd attitude. Anyway, a consistent theme in his remarks, according to commentators, on the night was that since you'd, no one's play, uh, unless you played the game mm. of rugby league, you wouldn't understand and, 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 and you should just shut up. Mm. Now, I've got to admit that, um, you know, you have a backstory here, of course, because you were, I think, the only person in the history of the game to be charged with murder mm. while playing the game of rugby league. Mm. Now... You killed a player, that's true. Mm. Uh, it was obviously, you know, pleaded down. Uh, mercifully, at the time, Grassy was on hand to handle the last rights and the yeah. official duties. You came before the judge, mm -hmm. was reduced to this, uh, the tribunal of, of rugby league in that day in the Group 10 area, mm. suspended you for two weeks. And right. people thought people thought that that was an absolute outrageous penalty and thought 10 in the bin was about what <laughs> you deserved. Uh, but then you had the Gould defence mm. that only people who understand rugby league know whether that was right. It's a fraction of a second between it being totally right and totally wrong. Yeah. And you had, I mean, you had the Gould defence, you had greats there like Malcolm Reilly, Ferris Ashton, Rex Mossop and yeah. so on, who all spoke up for you. Yeah. And the uh, Lithgow paper of the time, the Lithgow Mercury, mm. ran a headline, front page headline, Roy robbed of record run because it was coming up to your record number of games. That's true. Now, I'm just wondering, is there any truth to the, <clears throat> to the argument that only people who have played yeah, the game yeah. understand what happened there? Look, <clears throat> I, I, <clears throat> this is uh, trawling through very emotional material here, actually. I understand that. But, you know, uh, but let's face it. A day doesn't go by when I don't think of that incident. Mm. But what people, I think, don't understand is that... Um, your intention is not to hurt anyone. You know, you're not trying to hurt anyone. You're just running at them flat out with your elbows out or maybe leading with your feet or your knees uh, in an endeavour to slow them down or stop them and maybe make them feel uncomfortable and perhaps cough the ball up. Mm -hmm. That's all you want. I mean, ideally, you just want to hit the bloke really sweetly so that he respects you and will, you know, having dropped the pill, will get up and say, oh, you know, good tackle. You know, really, really good, good mm. tackle. But every now and again, it will go slightly wrong and you will hit the player in such a way as to remove life from them. And when that happens... It's just a timing thing. <laughs> it's a timing thing. No, no, thing. I agree with you here. Absolute timing it, thing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Just, just uh, honestly, a, a split second mm -hmm. between getting him on the shoulder and getting him in the temple. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and, and your timing has got to be so, so good. I, I mean, sure, you've you got to be responsible and all that sort of stuff, and we try to be, and every, every rugby player, that, that's right. I mean, that comes with the turf. So you put a, put a Guernsey on. You know, you, you, you know you've got to be responsible. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> sometimes you just got to hit a bloke and sometimes his head just gets in the way. And that's what was argued, it, uh, the case. I mean, no, I was never charged with murder. It was never going to get that far. It was just a question of do you get two weeks and was being sent off enough? You know, we argued sent off enough was plenty. Yeah. Because it wasn't deliberate. It was just a timing Don't. issue. Which is a timing issue, and and the 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 judiciary at the time understood that completely because yeah. they were all, all players. players. Yeah, no, I get they that. They knew, mm. you know. Sure, there were people in the public who who didn't understand completely. And did I like? Did I enjoy there for a couple of weeks being called a murderer? No, no, I didn't. No, that's true. You know, did I go to the bloke's funeral? Yes. Mm. And but, did I speak at his funeral? I did. Mm-hmm. And did I talk about what a terrific bloke he was? I did. Yes. Even though I'd only, I'd never met him. The only time I ever saw him was when I ran at him. But he seemed like a terrific bloke, you know. When I saw him lying there and everyone around, and you know the ambulance people calling for the stretcher and all of that, I thought, well, he was a terrific bloke. And you remember, I, I was honest about that too when, when I spoke at his funeral. When I said, look, I didn't know the bloke, but he was a terrific bloke. Can I point out you remained friends with him forever, even though he was dead. Well, to that's, this very that's day. That's true. You know, you didn't step away from no, that No, I friendship. don't resile from no, that. No, And you often sent, for many years <clears> I know, you sent Christmas cards. Yeah, I did to the family. I did, I did, I did. And, you know, a lot of people say to me, Roy, if you had your time again, would you change that tackle? I said, to be perfectly honest, no. Goal kickers, are you wearing Kick-Out 97s? You should be. University tests prove the Kick-Out is 97% more accurate than its nearest competitor. Check the stats with bludging on the blind side. Now, Thursday night there's a very sad game of rugby league. Uh, obviously sad for Raiders supporters who haven't had the best of years, let's face it's it. It's been a dog of a year for the Raiders, isn't it? It has. Really? Some, you know, Stick spoke to us extensively for the bludge. Yes. He described it as an empty feeling. Empty. It's mm. a shocking feeling because I think we were the better team. Ah. We were a better team than we uh, ended up on the table. Oh, I'm sure that's right. But here we are. It's all because of the middle part of the season when we had a really bad slump. We lost yeah. our mojo. Yeah. Not a good thing to lose. No. And wasn't there a question of uh, certain playmakers having homesickness and wanting to go oh, that's home, true. back to England? That's and- true. Now, let me... That's unsettling when you're playing with folks who don't want to be there. I know, who have minds elsewhere. Yes. Y- your timing can go pretty quickly, oh, can't it? does. It does. There's nothing the coach can do about it. No. Uh, we lost we, we lost all our mojo and form. I think yeah. we were... They lost their composure and their shape. Correct. Two from 12, but realistically probably even didn't don't deserve to be fighting for the eight tonight. We were poor tonight. We're really poor. Yeah. Uh, you know, remember, of course, how bashed up the Roosters were who they're playing. That's right. Uh, they're lucky to field 13, aren't they? They the are, moment, they the are. East. They've got so many. Yeah. Uh, Nick Politis is thinking of pulling on the really? and running out. Yeah. Mm. Stuart was simply stunned at how soundly Canberra were beating. Uh, beaten. <clears throat> I'm not being disrespectful to the Roosters. Uh, they've had a tough year and mm. done a really good job getting to where they are. But if we can't beat that team out there tonight, yeah. we're only uh, wasting another week being up here instead of going to the uh, – 
home to see the families. You understand what I mean? Oh, he's over the border in yeah. Queensland or yeah. he's in Queensland. The team's there with him yeah. playing but then just making up the numbers. Yeah. Because, I mean, and then there's a word I can't say on air. We couldn't beat that team. Christ, we, we're waiting another week here to get beaten again was his thought. Uh, yeah. What's the point? Stewart said the side were already raring uh, to get side were ready to raring to go pre-game. Yes, and that he was completely blindsided. No surprise there by what they dished up, blaming mistakes and a lacklustre approach to attack for their defeat. There's games like that where you don't see that coming. Oh right, did you they, find yourself in games like I that? I suppose so. I suppose so. So they looked really revved up in the dressing room. Yeah, happy to go. We're, we're doing yeah, this. They ran out well. Yeah, ran out really good. You know, Professionally, got, yeah, didn't fall the, over, nothing like that. Yeah, broke through the barrier. Yes. You know, the banner up, etc. That's right. And as soon as the tweet went, blow that whistle ref, tweet, Gone. it went pear shaped. Yeah, the boys uh, prepared well. I can't blame our defence. They prepared perfectly. Our tack was dreadful, he says. Oh, dear. At critical parts of the game in stages where it could have uh, put a, a better situation. The second half, I mean, <clears> I can hardly get through this. You can hear me yeah. welling up. Yeah. The second half, we took so many wrong options in attack. We didn't give ourselves a chance. We took the wrong options. Oh, the same thing again. Yeah. It's just, it's Sounds like they lost composure, didn't it? <laughs> you know, it is difficult, isn't it, though, when a team starts out with such high hopes yeah. and then sees his powder... Yeah. Powdered, you know, over the 24 matches. And, be, and you become a bit of a laughing stock. You do, you do. Amongst the community that you're representing. I know. And a laughing stock amongst the general rugby league community. You know, and all of a sudden you're reduced to nicking sound bars to take something out, yes. of the, out of the season. Yeah. I mean, I just hope the Canberra players haven't stooped that low, Still although that, I would no. under, understand entirely if they did. Yeah. I wonder where their sound bars are. Yeah. Would they be on the plane home now? Would they oh, be back in I, I hope Canberra? So. I hope so. It's just madness keeping them out of Canberra now. Because yeah. It's, it's just, and so it's, they'd be doing two weeks lockdown, I suppose, in Canberra? It's a bit of a sad uh, old Mad Monday. Can they have Mad Monday together? They, can well, they quarantine together? I think we have to put out a warning, as we do always at this time of the year, that Mad Monday is on this Monday. This Monday, yes. Thank goodness it didn't coincide with Picnic Day in New South Wales next oh, week. Oh, wow, that was close. It was, very close. Like Somebody, there, the they community. Did. They did. To imagine Mad Monday on the same day as Picnic Day. Yes. God, they Whoa. I'd hate to imagine what would well, happen. Well, the casualty wards would be overwhelmed yes. with people not affected by COVID, if you know what I mean. Yes. No, that is a real bullet dodge there. Th- that, that is, that is. But I hope the uh, the Canberra management allow the players to quarantine together in a sort of dorm situation. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, that'd be good. And they nice touch. Ha- yeah, and they can have a few beers. In, inside the and dorm. And maybe have a good sound system. and With leads. Well, yeah. Now... Just changing the subject totally, but still on travel. What did you make of the decision to ban Eddie Maguire from the AFL Grand Final? Did you did you think that was the right thing to do by McGowan, mm. or did you think that was a bridge too far and that they should have a free Eddie movement and let him go in? Yeah, it's um, was it just Eddie H. She or was it anyone from Victoria? I, I, get, I, I, I don't get, know. I mean, is it I just, get the feeling it was just it Eddie. was just Eddie. So anyone else is well welcome. This unless, de- you're, unless you're Eddie Maguire. Well, this well de- if it's that pointed, then I think, well, what's Eddie done to this bloke? Uh, has he been critical of West Australian lockdown? I suppose or he has. football. Oh, lockdown, yeah, he's anti their lockdown. He's anti lockdown. I'm pretty sure they're well, anti. he's not alone there, Andrew no. Bogut. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Andrew Bogut's welcome either. He's anti lockdown, you know. Look, the thing is that I don't think they've resolved all the issues here no. because if there was a, let's say, a, Lord help us if there is, but, yeah. you know, a virulent breakout of COVID in Perth, I mean, yes. where do they go? Out to Christmas Island. 
yeah. played on Christmas Island, yeah. where Eddie's very welcome. Yeah, I suppose so. Well, I think Western Australia is a sort of special case in a way, HG. I think they have very few hospitals in Western Australia. Is that true? Yeah. Very few hospitals. So that's why they're much more they're radar. Much, yeah, 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 much more sensitive to mm-hmm. uh, uh, any outbreak. Yeah. Now, has Eddie got his vaccination passport? I don't Do we know? know. I don't know. I've I don't got know. no idea. But I just found it an interesting thing. There's a lot of... Mm. What I call publicity purposes here, yes. Banning Eddie gives the whole thing a lot big kick along, yeah. saying obviously the grand finals in Perth, sure. isn't that great, great venue, Optus yep. Oval. I think it was shown off to advantage last night yeah. for Geelong beating the um, you know Giants. Yes, yes. And uh, so that was all good. And now we've got the date firmly fixed in our mind, the twenty fifth, and when it's starting, and all yep. that sort of yep. stuff. Yep. And there's a weird thing happening, and this comes to the resting players thing that Parramatta did uh, mm. uh, last night and lost That's badly, right. another team against Penrith and other teams are doing it. Yeah. And I think that the Parramatta side have rested quite a lot of players last night. Yes. So as they'll be ready for... Uh, red hot for, ne- for the mm, uh, for first, first round of the, of the semis, yeah. Do you go, um, go with that? Did, is that something Grenell... Oh, yeah, yeah. We used to rest players all the time. We used to rest players. Yeah, yeah. Even we, in we rest round three. Very professional attitude. You know, we don't need to win this, uh, ah, yes. so uh, so you play a lot of the reserve grade. Mm-hmm, fair enough. You know, and a lot of the first grade players are playing reserve grade. <laughs> it was just weird, you know. So your take out of the last yeah. night, last night's match of Par- Parramatta and Penrith is mm. the Parramatta side just said, we, even if we win it, we can't improve we, our position. No, we can't. There's no point. No, I don't know why they turned up. <laughs> your bludgeon on the blind side with the champs of the cutout pass. <laughs> Roy Slaven and H.G. Nelson. Now, last week, again, just while we were uh, dealing with matters to do with uh, suspensions and uh, appealing suspensions and so on. Yes. Uh, last week, we broke a story concerning the jockeys, you know, getting together. Oh. Which is coven. The blood party. on the... Yeah, the blood on the lounge. Yeah. Now... Baffling uh, story. Baffling story. Now, another name's been roped into that uh, unholy alliance, and that was Mark Zara, the very successful jockey. And I think there is some attempt to appeal these long, well, you know, time to ride the pine sort of decisions handed down by the tribunal. Right. Now, I'm not sure where that's at either. I'm not sure when they'll be heard. Uh, obviously, they can't ride this week. But, they weren't uh, allowed to ride prior to Christmas or something at uh, one correct. stage. They got uh, rid of the whole spring carnival, but they're That's appealing. Right. I'm so not sure. was Zara part of the – was he there? He was there. Ooh. Are you worried, Roy, that this is an attempt to make horses win when they shouldn't? Meaning they blew uh, up things and, you know, Well, I was going to together. ask, H.G., I was <clears> going <throat> to ask with the blood – the blood was found on the lounge, wasn't it? Was well, it? I think so, yes. Yeah, yeah. The cleaners were outraged. The cleaners were outraged, right, I know yeah, that. Yeah. But I'm wondering if it was horse blood. Well, you see, this has worried me is that have they got a sort of, you know, a, I don't know what you'd call it, you know, a coven going. Yes. Where they brew Sa- up these they do, is Sacrificial. Sacrificial, that's the word Sacrificial, I'm yes. <laughs> and we determined. So they would dress up in funny gear, smocks and what have you with a pointy hat. My numero uno is just one. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure it's one of the horses they had. Or did they just blood a horse, you know, just get a little bit of blood out of it to mix with other stuff? I think that's right. And, to create you know, a potion. You know, uh, eye of toad, all that yeah, sort of stuff. that's right. <laughs> Not that, sure that's right. Where they found the toad, but yes. they made that's up to them. Yeah. And a bit of... Maybe they were conducting <laughs> a, what we call a jockey's exorcism. To get the bugs out of a horse. Yeah. 
Well, remember that Chautauqua wouldn't run. That's I'm pretty right. sure it was one that had been obviously fiddled with by the, the coven. It had a hex put on it. It did. Now, to lift a hex, I think you've got to take their blood. Yeah, I'm pretty you've sure You've got to take a little bit of blood and then you've got to get a, you've got to get a, 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 a quorum of jockeys, jockeys together, together. In, the, in the weird gear. In the same mindset with, the, with a pointy hat and the, the special smock with the half moons on it and stuff. <laughs> And then you get yeah. the Ouija board out can and I, you communicate. And can I just put on this? So the you might call up someone who knows, like Bart. You might oh, call. Oh, yeah, Bart on the other side. On the other side, you might get Bart up. Bart, how can we break this hex? Yeah. Clop, 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 clop. Yeah. Clop, clop. Should Ooh, we do what's this? What's that? Yeah, that's Bart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can I ask, you know, People think this is spookaloo stuff. It's perfectly <laughs> normal for joggies to do yeah. this. Very superstitious people. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now, <laughs> Jamie Carr, one of the ringleaders of this coven. Jamie Carr, yes. Yeah, came out and said, I'm deeply embarrassed and disappointed with myself. Mainly Why? For, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Open brackets, mainly because I got caught. Yeah. But that's the only reason I can see. Anyway, there's no excuse for what I've done and I've let down my family and friends. <laughs> The racing industry, the silks, the colours, and all Victorians who are doing the right thing in lockdown. Isn't that lovely? I deserve wow. the penalty handed down by the stewards and will take time to reflect yeah. on my actions and its impact on so many people. Beautiful apology. That's it's wonderful, very, isn't that's it? That's very good. I bet you she rides 10 winners when she comes back. Yeah. Yeah. On, a, on an eight-race card. Now, uh, give you an idea of how much power these have. Do you think there's any truth to the idea that they were fiddling with horses, you know, the, the purpose of horses, the mm. attempts? You know, racing officials apparently are seething at the damage done yeah. to the industry and that the actions of four jockeys could have forced the sector to shut down. Mm. Uh, I mean, if Philanis was in charge, thank goodness he's not, yeah. th they would have just kept going through all of this. I suppose so. Now, these individuals could put at risk the very continuance of our sport and, oh, and also blatantly disregard the broader community implications yes. through their selfish, thoughtless actions. Oh. For Carr and Mellum, the fine is a small amount compared to the earnings they stood to make during the Melbourne Carnival oh. uh, as uh, two of the uh, state's top riders and uh, yeah. only returned, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, honestly, Perhaps where like. do these tribunals get off? Exactly, exactly. Where exactly. do they get off? I mean, have they ever had to deal with a hexed horse? What makes Australia great? Rugby league and bludging on the blind side. HG. Sorry, HG, I was just going to add that while Bart was very taciturn back in the day when he was out and about, this is Bart Cummings. Mm. Very droll. Very droll, very droll. And, and hard to get a peep out of him sometimes, yeah. you know, just get a grunt every now and again. Yeah. And that was considered a long-winded conversation yeah, from sure Bart. Was. yeah. But when you get him on the Ouija board, you can't shut him up. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. But he's got so oh, that's much. That's a fact. I know. It's a real insight, though, that, yeah. that he says, for instance, you know, what they're doing, what they've done with uh, Numero Uno yeah. is they've obviously got it running over long distances, but running yeah. over long distances, he's got back on the oats, the salt licks all there, yeah. and that, you know, gear they've got yeah. it on, it's just fabulous. It's just and, fabulous. And, and removing the hex. <laughs> Moving the hex. Removing the hex. Yeah. Get a little bit of its blood, dress up and... Yeah, Bob's your uncle. Bob's your uncle. Or Bart's your uncle, yeah. as the case may be. Yeah. Now, um, <clears throat> look, the Sydney Football Stadium is taking shape at Moore Park. Mm. Uh, now... This is the screenless football stadium. Yes, that's right. This the, is the... The yeah. old-fashioned, yeah. 
Now, remember... Maybe they could take the Adelaide scoreboard that would fit in there <laughs> perfectly, wouldn't it? It would, it would. <laughs> that retro look. They love all of that. <laughs> now, what's happened is that there's obviously a few go slows because of COVID and yep. also uh, they can't get the things that they need to put in it. But one thing they've done is they've issued the franchises for the food outlets. Oh, and good. I thought, oh, you know, this will be just pies and... Uh, you know, sausage rolls, yeah. thirty centimetre sausage rolls, and a mm. nice, you know, you know, n- not not to, you know, not one of those black yak, you know, big footed beers, right? You know, not none of that, just yeah. an ordinary packaged beer. Yep. Sadly, the uh, the whole thing's been let out to the Merivale organisation, right. Justin Hems and that lot, oh. and so they're going to obviously put in a few fancy restaurants that I assume will be available, you know. Whenever you want to, twenty four seven. Well, they'll get chefs like Curtis Stone or oh, Curtis Stone Gilmore no, yeah, or something yeah, like that. Really, right. oh, I tell you, you know, I don't know if Pete Evans is cooking. Wow! Uh, but if he got stuck, he could get a job cooking there. Yes, uh, certainly. Manu will be in. Manu, and they'll be doing twenty four seven. You know, Whoa. flat out, it'll become like an Eat Street Centre, I assume. Right. Because you couldn't imagine them turning a quid or based on the return on footy games. No, because they only have so. one or two footy games there maximum at yes. a weekend, and then only for part of the year. Yeah, and it's I don't know. It's I think A League take it over in the oh okay yeah A League you know, that's good Sydney FC are meant to take it over in the uh, summertime. Right, but I'm just worried if this is going to set mm. a, a, a nasty taste in your mouth that people who like a pie that yes. they can hold in one hand while they scream abuse at the ref. Yeah. Those sort of people who are a great percentage of the population who support rugby league will be locked out oh. on the calorie states and think, oh, do I really have to put up with more deconstructed you know, oh, eating okay, mess? Okay, you know, okay. So you're going to be paying like 50 bucks for one small prawn head scone. Perfectly that put. That's my worry. Prawn head scone. <laughs> <laughs> That's my big fear <laughs> is that I'm going to be forced to eat. With a chocolate sauce. A chocolate Something sauce. Something like that. There's the talking point. Yeah. Oh, doesn't that go beautifully with the chocolate? Oh, yeah. yeah. I know. That's going to drive me nuts. I'll well, never well go that's again. not going to work. No. So, so even people who go to the A-League, they, they still love, you know, yeah. your pies, chips, your yeah. chips. Your, your fish fingers sort yeah. of food, you know, your battered Stuff sads. that's not hard to eat in public. Yeah. Th- that's right. Not hard to eat in public. You know, no one wants to sit down with a, you know, a napkin and a knife and fork and well, they're burning goals you? out there. Yes. I mean, I just can't see how it's working, how it's going to work. And pies, you would think, was front and centre in yes. any culinary stitch up at Ex- the exactly. uh, at a footy game. Exactly, yes. Sausage rolls. Sausage rolls, yeah. Sausage rolls with a plastic bit of bloody sauce that just, you know, squeeze. No up. effort. <laughs> you don't have to think. No, that's And you don't want to think when you're watching the A-League. No. You just true. want to put the food away and not know you've done it. Exactly, and not see it spilt down the front of the trouser. Yes. That unsightly stonage that you were talking sure. about earlier. Every hour of the day, somewhere in the world, a rugby league referee's whistle is being blown. <laughs> Fact. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Ah, yes. I um, think the Eels will struggle to get over the storm. In the first final. Yeah. Yeah. Be, is that because um, I can't... I think it's one versus seven or one versus eight, no, two versus six. Oh, two, okay. All that, know, sort of all, stuff. all that sort of stuff. All that sort of stuff, yeah. Okay, yeah. fair enough. That's why it's, it's really important to get into the top four. Mm. Mm. And yeah. mad to rest players, timing as you say. Mad to rest players, yeah. 
Uh, Roy's been another wonderful bludge, uh, and uh, yeah. now we move p- from the home and away matches to the final series. Yeah. Um, I mean, it does look like basically it's Storm and Penrith's to lose. It but, is. It is. You know, I think it is. The rest and, of them um, have got problems. And uh, if we could just, uh, I suppose the final note would be just to wish everyone a happy Father's Day. Yes, a happy Father's Day tomorrow. For tomorrow. And, and, and uh, you know, enjoy yourself as much as you can. Yeah. And <laughs> that's right. That's right. And Don't do anything stupid. Yeah. Like the sound bars, you know, that you're offering yeah. probably nicked from somewhere. If someone's offering you a cheap sound bar, don't buy yeah. it. Remember, it sounds too good to be true. It probably is. And on that thoughtful note, we'll leave you from the bludge this week and see you all next week when we bludge on, blindsiders. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.